You're listening to Season 2, Episode 8 of How She Creates. Today, I'm interviewing my in-real-life friend, Abby, who's here to talk to us all about dance and how it can help us express our creativity, heal our souls, and how much we have to learn from the creative process through dance. So get ready to be super inspired. Welcome to How She Creates. I'm your creative fairy godmother, Lauren. I'm here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite makers to learn how they create. We'll discuss what it means to live a creative lifestyle, the best resources and tools for making, where to find inspiration, and so much more. I hope these conversations encourage you to make more stuff and share it with the world so we can all see how you create. How She Creates is sponsored by Get Messy Art Journal. Get Messy is an art journal membership community that shares tutorials, inspirations, prompts, challenges, and more each week. Get Messy's goal is to help you nurture your creativity, become the artist you desire to be, and find your creative community. When you sign up for Get Messy's mailing list, you get access to three free classes. One on how to find your creative style, introduction to Art Journal 101, and Art Journal 102, Elevate Your Art Journaling. Get Messy has an amazing community of artists who are waiting to welcome and support you in your art journey. Learn more and sign up for Get Messy in their awesome newsletter at getmessyartjournal.com. All right, you guys, welcome to another really exciting episode of How She Creates. So like I told you last week, last week and this week are two really, really special episodes. And like I said, my goal is just to shine a light on women who are doing incredible things and in so much good for the world. And this week, I have found exactly that for you again. My in real life friend, Abby, who I lived with in Korea, we taught da- a dance class together. She and her family are getting ready to move to Nepal to be teacher educators and Abby is just an incredible force of creativity and ideas, and she has been a dancer her whole life, and so she's here today to talk to us all about just the incredible gift and the incredible creativity and inspiration that comes from being a dancer, and she's going to share so much more about that way better than I ever could. But I want to go over a few quick announcements with you because there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up this week. So this weekend, starting on November 24th on Friday, there is going to be two huge sales. So the first sale is going to be through Get Messy. All of the Get Messy classes are going to be highly discounted and 10% of all the sales we make this weekend and always from Get Messy is going to go to Art Feeds, who we interviewed last week. And then I am having a sale on my online courses, which are Travel Like an Artist, and my new class, Stories From Here. They are going to be on sale, and there's going to be a special bundle to get you a membership to Get Messy, and that's the only way you're going to be able to get this bundle to Get Messy, so it's really exciting. Um, But you're going to have to wait until this weekend to find out more about it. And 10% of what I make from that is going to go to support Abby and Ross and their journey to Nepal. So that is a really great way for you to be a part of Abby's story is to um, grab a course bundle from me this weekend. And um, so again, that sale is going to be from Friday to Monday, the 24th 
through the 27th. And you can find out all about all of those sales by signing up for my newsletter and the Get Messy Art Journal newsletter. And all of those links are going to be in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And you can get those on this week's show notes or just in general on my website at lauren-likes.com. And I'm going to send you all the info that you need to um, grab those great deals. And like I said, it's going to be really fun and I'm really excited about the sale, but I'm really excited for us to get started so that you can meet Abby and learn more about dance from her. So I hope you enjoy the show and let me know if you have any questions or suggestions for the show. You're always welcome to um, chat with me on Instagram. I am at Lauren Likes blog. I would love to hear from you and I would love to see how you, how you create. So make sure you're using that hashtag how she creates. All right. Enjoy today's show. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Abby. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for everybody to meet you. I like it when I get to interview and talk to my in real life friends and introduce them to my online friends. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so, Abby, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about who you are? Okay, who I am. Um, well, my name is Abby Williamson, and I am um, started out as a dancer, still a dancer, um, but along the way got a lot more into arts education. And so now I would say in a nutshell, I am um, an arts educator, and I really love um, bringing together different art forms and giving voice, um, particularly to women of different ages, young girls and women, using the arts to help them do that, to bring, give voice, give expression, kind of bring them out of their shells. Um, that's what I really love. And that's what I've been up to for the past few years. And um, what my husband and I are, are going to be moving to Nepal soon for, um, among other things. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get way more into this. Um, and talk more about dancing, which I feel like is such a like exciting new topic for the podcast. That's, that's a, you know, a little bit different, more tangible than, um, a lot of the art things that we talk about. So I'm really excited to, to kind of expand our definition of creativity and talk with you more about that. Um, and just a little personal background, Abby and I worked together in Korea and we taught a Zumba class together. And I feel like that's how we really got to know each other. Yeah, that's true. That was super fun. I think that was a really cool, I loved that because I had never really done Zumba before, before getting into to it that year. And it was such a cool way for women to come together and be in community. I think that's what I love the most about that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, my mom came to Zumba and we, we had some other like people come. And so Abby and I both had, and we, we had a third friend who did it with us and we all had like ballerina backgrounds. And yes. so they were like, this is not the normal Zumba class. And so we're definitely making a little bit of it up as we went. That's true. Um, but yeah, and now everyone who's moved away from Korea has has kind of come back and said that was the best Zumba class we've ever been in. There's <laughs> none others are the same. <laughs> there you go. Put our trademark out there. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag we're not. Nope. No. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. 
So can you back all the way up and tell us more about your creative story, how you started dancing, how all the arts education came about? Yeah. So let's see. Um, I first started dancing when my older sister, her name's Chris, short for Christine, um, she's about eight years older than me. And so I kind of watched her start dance classes, um, ballet classes, and I was just mesmerized. I was like, what, you know, what is this? And, and how can I, <laughs> how can I start doing that? And my mom at the same time, um, she realized that I had a lot of extra energy. And so she was more than happy to put me in dance classes, uh, to burn off some of that energy during the day. And that's how I first started. Um, my story from there, uh, I, I took a few different kinds of dance at first, but really fell in love with ballet and uh, ended up moving up to Pennsylvania to train with Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet and then out to Seattle to um, train with Pacific Northwest Ballet School and then ended up staying there to dance and went to university uh, to Cornish College of the Arts there as well. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the short version of my story of how I started dancing. Um, yeah, what was, I feel like there's another part of the question that I'm forgetting. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and so how did you get interested in arts education? Right. With arts education, it was really, I was in college, I was at Cornish, and I was actually in a dance history class. And we had to do projects for this, you know, something at the end of the year, I think. Um, and I chose to do this whole paper and project on dance in prisons, actually. And so there were a few different uh, organizations at the time in Seattle and as well as other cities doing that kind of work where they were bringing dance and other art forms into prisons um, as a way of giving voice to the, to the people that were there, to um, incarcerated folks that are there. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was super interesting to me just finding out about how that worked and what it was like for the people that would take the class in these prisons and what kind of results came from that and how it did give them a voice, how it did kind of uh, help them to process a lot, help them to process things, choices they had made, you know, in their lives um, leading up to that point and then also moving forward, what kind of choices were they going to make in the future and how to give voice to um, kind of like the narrative of their lives and then how to give voice to what were their hopes for the future. And so I did this whole project on, on that. And, um, and then I did an internship with a women's prison actually after college because of that project. And it was an organization that was doing dance and creative writing in a women's prison. And so I got to, um, help out with, with some of those workshops that were being done in, um, it was kind of like a halfway house between prison and, um, getting back to, to normal society. And, um, and so that was kind of what sparked that interest of this connection between the arts and like I said, kind of giving voice, um, and helping people to tell the, the story of their lives and move forward with, you know, what, what do they hope for next? Um, and then it just kind of progressed from there. After the internship, I took a job with Pacific Northwest Ballet, which is um, the ballet company that, that I was training with before college. And I was doing education and outreach. So we were going into Seattle public schools 
and doing arts residencies. And so we were doing um, mostly creative dance and it was such a cool program. It's still like one of my favorite jobs I've ever had because we got to teach these workshops in creative dance, um, kind of simple, basic technique. And then um, the kids got to help choreograph something. And then at the end of, I believe we were at each school for maybe three months. So at the end of that time, they would get to come to the opera house where this ballet company would perform and they would get to perform the choreography that they had created. And um, they would also get to learn about the different jobs that were associated with the opera house. So, you know, what does it look like to be a lighting designer or a stage manager or a dancer, um, you know, or in the ticketing office? You know, what does it look like, these different jobs? And they got to see firsthand what that was like. And so I think those few years in college, right after college, and those experiences were really what made me really interested and fall in love with um, arts education. I love it so much. Your story is so fascinating. And I think that dance is, is like art. It's like a lot of these careers that we don't think about as being a career and having so many different outlets and forms that they can take. Um, and so I really love learning about all of these things because I didn't know about a lot of those things and I grew up dancing. Um, so yeah, that's just incredibly cool. Um, yeah, I did. I wouldn't have known about a lot of those things until, until having those experiences like the dance history class, you know, being able to, to see what people were already doing was like definitely opened a lot of doors and opened my eyes a lot too. Yeah. And I think dance is something that's very, um, innate. Maybe is that the right word? It's like a very natural human desire, you know, like you, you have a little baby and, you know, I'm sure he's starting to, to dance and move along with music. It's just, it's just a natural thing that babies do, you know, and then we grow up as adults still loving to dance. And that's such a big part of the whole world's culture is, is dance and movement and music. Um, so I love that that's we're so true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we're, we're like going deeper into it, um, and helping remind people that that's part of their creativity and, um, their creative story and their creative process. Um, that just reminded me of one of the things I loved about love about dance is that you only bring yourself, you know, there's not very many other art forms where all you're bringing to the table is you, like you, your body. (laughs) And, and so there's something very, I love many other art forms too, but there's something very cool about how with dance, um, yeah, you're just bringing yourself to the table. Probably not dancing on the table, but <laughs> 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 uh, coming to the table. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, I think that that's why it's so vulnerable and people don't like to dance in public because it is just you. It's like singing, you know, it's you. There's not like you can hold out a piece of paper separately from your body and say, that's my art, you know, and I can separate that from myself and not claim it. If I don't want to, you have to claim what your body does and what you know, the sounds sounds you make when you sing. Yep. It can be um, just terrifying, but it can also be very empowering too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is your creative process like? What is because for some people, dance is really foreign. So what does that feel like? What is, you know, practice like, not just in like the physical sense, 
like I would love for you to speak to that because dancers are the hardest working athletes um, some of the time and but also your creative process and when you're choreographing and and learning new pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in different times of my life, my creative process has looked very different. But um, I was actually listening to your episode, the last episode of last season with the husbands, and which was amazing, by the way. Those of you who have not listened to it yet, you should because it is hilarious. But not just hilarious, it also is very insightful. So um, I think it was Terrell that was talking about Twyla Tharp's book, The Creative Habit. And I was just grinning when he was talking about that because I read that book in college and it really um, spoke to me as well. And she talks about in that book, I think this is similar to my creative process um, and has become even more so since reading it. Um, But she talks about at the beginning of the creative process, kind of gathering um, all of these things that are speaking to you, all these pieces, and you're just in gathering mode. You're just in, um, yeah, just gathering and, and sorting. Well, I guess not even sorting yet. You kind of do that later, but just gathering. And She calls it scratching. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I totally do that. So when I'm starting um, a new piece, chore- I'm talking about choreography right now because for me, I feel like just um, keeping up with my technique is kind of a whole different thing. But creatively, if I'm choreographing something, that's exactly where I start to is, okay, I I usually start with some kind of um, theme or some kind of like, oh, I think I want to do something about memory, or I think I want to do something um, about, uh, you know, this visual image that's in my mind or whatever. And so there's some kind of idea at the beginning, but then from there, it's kind of just this time of gathering. And so, you know, that can be like quotes that I come across. I write them down and like keep them. Yeah. So I'm gathering from magazines. I'm gathering from um, a piece of music. I'm gathering from a quote that I might write down and and then um, come back to later. So I'm just gathering from all these different stimuli um, and, and then at the end of that, like there's that gathering phase. And then at the end of that, it's more like sorting. It's more like, okay, what does this have to do with, with this inkling, this feeling that I have of what this is about? And sometimes like, that's really hard to decipher because you kind of have a feeling of what the project is about, what the piece is about, but, um, it kind of, as you go, it becomes more and more clear what it's about. And so, um, yeah, I'm just like sorting these things out and, and figuring that out. And I, sometimes I say that the creative process is kind of like chasing a ghost where it's like, um, you have to be true to what, um, what the piece is becoming and not just what maybe your initial idea was of what it was going to be, but let the piece lead you or let the idea, you know, that initial idea as it's developing, let that lead you and see where it's going to go. Because sometimes we don't know where it's going to go. And that can be scary. But it's also like, I think the best work, um, my best work, my most, you know, the, the work that I've been the most proud of has always been the work where I let the piece lead me. And I go to these places where I didn't know that I was going to go. 
So it is kind of like following, <laughs> following a ghost. I love that example. Um, you just said a lot of really um, smart, wise, creative, inspiring things. Um, but just being true to what your work is becoming and not your idea is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to you know, because that that's why we make things as creatives is we have the idea and then we want to create it and bring it to life. Um, and always along the road, you know, it changes or it doesn't come out as good as we thought or it comes out totally different. That's really hard for, for people to to be okay with and then to step back and look at the finished piece and say, well, I mean, it's not what I wanted. It's good, but it's not what I wanted. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? That's a really good question. And I think, I think this is so hard, but I think as artists, no matter what your art form or your medium is, it's so important to take ego out of it to say, because I think your ego can get in the way of where something is going. And so being able to take that out and say, you know what, even if this turns out like total crap, um, I'm still going to follow this where it's going because the process is so much more important than the product. And maybe something that I find out from following this ghost this time is going to inform the next project that I do. And who knows how that will turn out. And so, yeah, like taking ego out of it, I think that that would be the biggest step in um, in being able to follow the work where it's leading. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so dance is also talking about ego, a place that's really easy to fail really publicly. You know, I grew up going to dance competitions and I still, to this day, it was a traumatic moment, saw a girl that I danced with fall on stage and break her ankle. Like, first 10 seconds of her solo and I watched her like drag her broken leg off of the stage um I mean how do you how do you deal with that I mean has something like that ever happened to you hopefully not as traumatic um but but how do you deal with that because again as artists we can you know as people who are making paintings I can just throw it away and you no one is ever going to see that Mm, um how, how do you deal with that that's so terrible. <laughs> Just that story of that girl. <laughs> oh, but um, I did have, I've never broken anything on stage, but I have definitely fallen. And I remember one time in particular, I actually just told this story. Um, I was a judge for a Nutcracker audition this past weekend. And I had to tell a story of, you know, some kind of performance experience. And I told this one, but um, it was... I was doing a PK arabesque, which is just like when you are kind of stepping out really far onto point and, um, and your leg goes behind you really high. And so I was stepping out, all my weight is going over and it just slips out from under me. And I just was flat on my face and like so hard. And, (laughs) um, somehow I got right back up and kept doing the choreography. And I think that, you know, that's even the reason I told that story to these young dancers at the audition was like, someone came up to me after this performance and they said, you know, I'm really sorry that, that you fell. 
Um, but I just wanted to let you know that when you got up, that was like some of the, some of the most wonderful, like quick footwork that I've seen in a long time. So, you know, great job for just getting back up and going. And that was so encouraging to me to, for her to say that, because I think that's something I carried with me afterwards was like, it matters so much more after you fail, fall, or what, you know, for me, that was a fall. Um, it matters so much more to get right back up and, and keep going, you know, kind of that, that idea of getting back on the horse. Um, I think that we are as people, as artists, we're so much more marked by what we do with our failure than we are by the failure itself. If we let that process happen. Yes. And, and I think what you said was so important was the way you solved that problem was more important than the problem. And I think as creatives, that is our biggest time to shine and to try new things and to learn and expand is when we're faced with a problem and we have to problem solve Um, because we are creative thinkers, you know, and that's why people like to hire artistic people in, in, you know, company jobs is because of their creative problem solving. And so it's, it's what you do with that. That's so important. Um, yeah. And so I'm definitely going to put a link um, to someone doing a PK arabesque into the show notes for people who don't know what that is. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you did a good explanation. Um, but I like to see things visually too. Um, so so how does your how does dance help you express your creativity? Hmm. I think kind of what I was speaking to before of how you are bringing just yourself. I think there, there's definitely other ways that I like to express my creativity. I love to write. Um, I love music. I love to sing. There's other ways that I do that. But uh, dance for me is something where it's, yeah, I'm just bringing myself. And like you were saying before, it's such a, um, an innate um, desire to move. And there's something... I really also believe um, in the power of what happens when we when we move. <laughs> that sounds funny, but like, so I was doing work in Afghanistan um, a few years ago. I was teaching dance classes and running a dance program there, and um, it was an amazing experience because these girls. Um, in that culture, um, you know, there's a lot of you covering, covering the body more than we're used to in our Western culture. And, um, I just saw as they were taking these dance classes, as they were moving their bodies, um, there was such an empowerment that was happening. And I really believe on the, in the spiritual side of that too, that there's like a, um, something very freeing that happens when we move. And, um, and I really believe too, that there can be, you know, like maybe some kind of beliefs that we have about ourselves. Maybe we have like negative beliefs about ourselves, especially in, in, uh, relation to our bodies as women that happens, that happens a lot in any culture. Um, that moving has this empower empowerment that comes along with it where, you're kind of like just breaking free of a lot of those negative thought patterns. 
and or you you know it has the potential for that that's not always what happens um but there has the potential to just be breaking free of those things and um replacing them with you know this this is how i i am going to to uh, make choices this is how i am going to um yeah to to express what i have to say and um yeah so anyway i think for me that dance that's one of the reasons that dance became um, one of the ways I really love to express my creativity, like you said. And so where are you finding inspiration for, for dancing and new dances? Oh, wow. I've been in, to be very honest, I've been in baby land for such a long time now for... <laughs> Actually, today is Jude's first birthday. <laughs> oh my goodness! Happy birthday, baby Jude! Yeah, he's a year old today. So, um, yeah. So I've been in baby land, mama land, for a little while now, and so it's been—I don't think I've been creating as much as I would like to be. Um, but where in the past, where I found inspiration is kind of like what I was saying um, is. I think it comes in different ways. You know, sometimes I'll just have a feeling of, I would love to do something like I was saying about, about memory. And then, uh, last two years ago, I choreographed a piece for, um, Lynn Greaves and I, uh, Lauren knows mm-hmm. Lynn. I yes. And that inspiration came through. It was so crazy. It was just like, I got this mental image, um, kind of out of the blue, uh, of this, person who is kind of covered in like soot dust kind of thing but as the soot and dust were falling off there was this gold like bright gold that was shining from underneath it and I don't really yeah I don't know how I got this mental image um maybe it was just from God but um that kind of inspired me to start looking into you know kind of in that gathering going into that gathering phase after that so I think inspiration comes I don't know. It's just a feeling. It's just like, uh, there's something that sparks. That's like, I want to know more about that. So I think for me, maybe it is more like, it almost feels like research where it's like, I want to know more about this thing. I'm going to create something about this thing. And then I go into this research gathering mode. So that's usually how it sparks. Um, I remember watching the video of that. Do we still have the, do you still have the video that we can share from that dance? Yeah, yeah, I'll be able to to find it on YouTube, I believe. Perfect, perfect. So all the things that we're talking about will be in the show notes for you guys. Um, so what are your tips for adults who want to try out dancing for the, maybe the, for the first time as a creative outlet? Hmm, I think I actually am teaching some adult classes right now at um, the dance school that I'm teaching at here in Chapel Hill. And um I just love when adults come to class or teaching that class because I think it's amazing when somebody can come later in life and say, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to try it and go for it. And so, yeah, I think for an adult that is maybe trying dance for the first time, there are so many classes out there. It doesn't even have to be ballet. It can be like we were talking about before, Zumba. It can be hip hop. It can be tap. It can be jazz. Um, You know, it can be flamenco. It can be like, you know, so many different things. But most, um, in most 
places there's going to be a school or a community center or the Y where there's these there's classes that you can totally sign up for and I think that would be my biggest advice is just go for it just sign up for something and try it and be okay with looking like a fool yeah, I totally agree. And and I can think of, as I started thinking about that, um, our friend Katie is taking a hip-hop class in Cambodia. Our friend Megan took salsa, salsa classes in Korea. That's right. Um, so, I mean, it's it, you, like there's no excuse. Like anywhere you live, like I said, dance is a part of the world's culture. So you're always going to be able to find some kind of class or group that, that you can join. Um, yeah. And yeah, even if you don't, like it, I, I definitely would encourage people to go to a dance class if you've never, ever truly danced before. Yes. Yeah. It's it's an amazing creative, mm-hmm. creative feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? I think... Like I said, I think um, I haven't been in that in the, as creative lately as I would have liked because of, of being in these baby years with Jude. But um, I think a creative lifestyle looks like doing it regularly, you know, just being in, in that process regularly. And so for dance, I think that's doing, you know, it's, it's practicing technique regularly so that your tools are sharp you know, so that you are in dance shape, um, to be able to do what you want to do when it comes time to choreograph or perform. Um, but for me, I think it's not only being in shape, but it's also, um, kind of getting those creative muscles flexing often. Um, because I do believe that creativity is like a muscle that you have to keep um, and I know you talk about this on the podcast and other episodes too, that it's, it's a, a muscle that you have to keep exercising, um, in order to, to make any kind of headway. And I think that, um, yeah, so I think for me, that lifestyle looks like doing it regularly. Yeah. And so what's your favorite resource for creativity? <laughs> this is so strange, but probably the resource that I've used the most for choreography is this book called Creative Dance for All Ages. And it's an amazing book. I mean, this woman, um, she's done her homework. It is, it's uh, by Anne Green Gilbert. And she's actually uh, working and uh, in Seattle. She still does this kind of work in Seattle. And that's how I first heard about it. But um, it's just very, like it goes through these very basic um different categories of creative movement. So instead of talking about dance in terms of positions, like we usually do in ballet, which is like, you know, you're in arabesque, you're doing a glissade jeté. Like we have these kind of, um, these, this language for steps and positions, but instead it's like it, this book is describing ways of moving. And so it's like, you're moving on a low level using smooth energy. Um, and you are, um, you know, you know, doing uh, what other, I'm trying to think of other ways that other language that she uses, but it's like the ways that you're moving. And so I really go back to that a lot because I find for me that putting, giving myself a set of rules or a set of, um, parameters to work inside of 
is very helpful in the creative process. So if I say to myself, um, I'm going to create a phrase of movement that is just low level and sharp energy, then, um, and then I do that. And so it, it makes me come up with things that I never would have come up with if I had not kind of set those parameters. And, um, it just brings creativity out of me in a different way. And so it's kind of like, that's kind of strange, but I think that's the book that I use the most because it kind of brings me back to those basics of moving. And really a lot of times I think that's what I need is to be brought back to those basics instead of like, <laughs> I start a new project and I'm like, oh, how can I make it amazing? How can I make it like, you know, just incredible. And I have all of these kind of ambitious ideas of what that, what that means. And most of the time, it's so much more interesting when I go back to the basics and give myself those parameters to say, okay, how can I make something new with this? Well, that's so incredible because I feel like the language right there just switched and I could immediately go from thinking like, oh, I'm going to need to link YouTube videos to this to like seeing, I can see you moving in those forms mm. and and it, it changes it to become an everyone can do this. Everyone knows what low, smooth movements means. And, and it's totally open for interpretation. So there's really no right or wrong for what that movement is. Um, and I feel like that is the goal of, of dance and arts education is to open that up for everyone. Um, and when you don't have to be trained in French and in ballet and in, you know, these very, very acute techniques this becomes something everyone can do. That's so true. Yeah, much more accessible. I love that about it too. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. I'm so excited. So we'll have that linked too. Um, and so now tell us what is new with you. What What's in the future for you? Well, Ross and I, my husband and I are kind of in a transition year this year. Um, we just left South Korea where we knew Lauren and Terrell and worked with them. Um, we just left in June. And so we have been in the U.S. in North Carolina um, where I'm teaching dance right now. Ross is just finishing up his, his master's degree in international education. And we are also raising partners or raising partnerships um, to be able to go to Nepal because Ross actually grew up in Nepal and Indonesia and he's going to be working at one of the schools he went to as a kid there, which is super cool, kind of a full circle thing for us and for him. And, um, and so at that school, it's called the Kathmandu International Study Center. Um, they have a program called Equip and it is a teacher training program where um, they work with uh, Nepali teachers, but the organization is actually Nepali run. So it is, um, owned and run by Nepalis, which we really appreciate and love, um, that it's not just Westerners coming in and saying, you know, this, this is how we do things. Cause that's never very helpful. But, um, so he's going to be, he's going to be helping with workshops and, um, observing teachers and, specifically in the areas of creative problem solving and critical thinking. Um, so Nepal is similar to India and many parts of Asia, actually, where there's a lot of rote memorization. And so there's a lot of schools 
that are memorizing a whole bunch of facts and putting them back on a test. And a lot of times they do really well on those tests, but there's not a whole lot of deeper understanding of, you know, why did I learn this and what do I do with it? And so Ross will be specifically working in that area to, to deepen understanding and help teachers to do that, give them tools to do that in their classrooms. So we're really excited. It's, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting time to be kind of in between two, <laughs> in between two um, worlds and, and things that we've been doing. But um, we're having a really good time too. We've loved sharing with people um, what God is doing and what we are going to be doing in Nepal. And um, yeah, we're super excited. Yeah, so we've been really excited about learning more about what you guys are doing and dreaming about the future with you guys um, there. And um, so I actually worked directly with Ross at the school um, where I was the counselor and he was one of the, our fifth grade teachers. And Ross is just a fantastic teacher. So I'm so excited for him to be able to share that wisdom and that encouragement um, that he is so good at doling out um, to teachers there and helping prepare them and, and impacting students there. Um, and so I mean, and I'm so excited to see what is going to come of your time there. And so I know we've talked about a lot of things that, you know, are on your heart and that you're excited about and being able to bring arts education to Nepal also, because I know you guys are are not tourists. You guys are, are long time, long term dreamers and, and are really excited to be planted there and, and working in that community and um, empowering the local people and bringing all of your skills and knowledge to them. So I'm really excited about that for you guys. Thank you. We are too. <laughs> um, so if, if people wanted to partner with you and support you, how could they do that? Um, I think the best way uh, to do that would be our website is wewilliamsons.com. Um, and once you get to that website, it, it, there's a button at the top that says join us. And when, once you click that, it goes to just filling in your name and your email address. You can type a quick message if you want to, but you don't have to. And um, all that does is just send us an email that we can get in touch with you um, to send you, you know, our newsletter or whatever information that you're looking for to find more, um, out about what we're doing. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll have a link to that also in the show notes. And so people will be able to find you and Abby writes a blog that shares all about their process and their journey. And I know people are so interested in the journey of what it's like to move to another country. I get asked that all the time mm -hmm. and you guys are going in a really, you know, unique situation. So, um, you know, Abby's blog will be a great resource for you guys to, to go there and to follow along with their journey. Um, and so our goal is, you know, to get out there and visit them next year. So hopefully, um, I'll have lots of personal pictures to share with you a year from now. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have all of this and ways for you to connect with Abby and Ross and baby Jude in the show notes. Um, but Abby, thank you so much for sharing with us. This is such an encouraging and enlightening conversation. And I hope that people really leave excited to try something new and especially, you know, moving their body and dancing. Um, and so if you do, if anyone's listening and they go out and they try a dance class or, or they just turn on some music and, and try dancing on their own, um, and you're brave enough to snap a picture, share it with us under the, how she creates hashtags so that we can see. Yes. 
Yeah, thank you so much. This has been really fun for me too, just to get to chat with you for a while. And um, I just love what you're doing. I think it's so great just encouraging encouraging people to get out there and try something new, whatever art form that is, whatever medium that is. I think that's so crucial for us as humans, as people to just do go out there and do something new. And um, we just love you guys. And we're just so appreciative of your friendship and um, getting to share with you. Yeah. Well, I hope that everyone loves you now as much as I do too. Um, so thank you so much, Abby. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. I just really love getting to dive really deep into people's stories with them, especially people that you know. They have so much within them, um, so much experience and so much wisdom and knowledge and beauty. And so I love just being able to ask questions and get to know people better and on a deeper level. And so I hope that you really enjoyed getting to know Abby and learning more about her story throughout this episode. And I hope that you're excited to learn more about Nepal and what they're going to be doing there because I know it's going to be really, really fantastic things. And so if you would like to support Abby and Ross and Baby Jude, you are welcome to sign up for their newsletter. I've got it linked in the show notes, um, but their website is just wewilliamsons.com. If you want to go jump on that really quickly, that's wewewilliamsons.com. And um, you can sign up for their newsletter and find out how more of how you can be a part of their story. And like I said, if you would like to purchase a course bundle from me this weekend, you will be able to be doing that already. And I will be donating 10% of what um, the sales that I make from the courses to Abby and Ross to supporting their Nepal trip um, or their Nepal move. And like I said, all the show notes, everything that Abby talked about and referenced are on the website at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. I can't wait to see you guys and I can't wait to see your dance moves on the how she creates hashtag. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. I would love to see how you create. Share what you're making on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with me, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Grab your art supplies and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.